Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me, as always, is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. Things are going swimmingly. Yeah. Summer reference. Not that I swim much. (laughs) I was going to say, for all that swimming that you do. (laughs) People swim. Things are going swimmingly. So today we are going to talk about Arabella by Georgia Hare, and later we are going to talk about Hare's historicals in comparison to Austin and modern historicals. But first, Mom, what have you been reading? <laughs> yeah, this segment is, is losing its luster yeah, on, I on know. our show. <laughs> it's me too, because I've got nothing. Well, we, we have been busy and had stuff going on in our lives. Yes. Stuff has been going on. That so. is, yes, that is so a true, true, true. Life, life is getting in the way of all of our reading. So our last one that we did was Butterface. Yep. So I read Butterface. <laughs> That's all After I that, I read New Orleans Rush. <laughs> yep. And then I read Arabella. So, so that's, that's my reading list. So that's where we're at. That is identical to mine, Mom. Sorry, everybody. We used yeah. to read a lot more. A long time ago, we used to read more. <laughs> yes, we did. That's, 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 in, cel- that's in celebration <laughs> of Veronica Mars coming out. I've been watching week. Veronica Mars. Can you tell? <laughs> um, and yeah, that's exactly how mine. And I can't promise that I'm going to have more next uh, time. Next time. Well, we have to record early this week. Yeah. So maybe the next week. Yep, maybe, but also, but we're we're also the week that next week we're going to oh yeah Dallas, so well I am going to be road tripping, so I will be able to listen. That's to true. That always books. helps, mom. So today we are going to be talking about Arabella by Georgette Hare, who is deemed the creator of the historical romance in terms of writing about a time prior to our own. Um, This book in particular was first published in 1949. Um, So that's kind of to give you some context, especially for our later conversation about, you know, it in comparison to others. Um, So you guys, I really swear I am going to get better at this, but this is the back cover description for (laughs) this book. To Arabelle Talant, the eldest daughter of a penniless country clergyman, the invitation to stay with her London godmother was like the key to heaven, for in addition to living in the glamorous city, Arabella might even find a suitable husband there. Armed with beauty, virtue, and a benevolent godmother, the impetuous but impoverished Arabella embarked on her first London season with her mother's wish in mind, snare a rich husband. On her way to London, Arabella's carriage breaks down outside the hunting lodge of the wealthy and socially prominent Robert Bomeris. Fate cast her in his path. Arabella's only fault is impetuosity, and her pride stung when she overhears a remark of her path of arrogant uh, of her path of arrogant host who accused her of being another petty female after his wealth. The proud, headstrong ingenue made a most startling claim. She was an heiress, a pretense that deeply amuses the jaded uh, beau. 
To counter her white lie, Beaumaris launches her into high society and thereby subjects her to all kinds of amorous fortune hunters in London and other embarrassments. Suddenly, Arabella found herself the talk of the, to- of the town and pursued by some of the most eligible young men of the day, but only one caught Arabella's fancy. Beaumaris, the handsome and dedicated bachelor, she should know better than to allow herself to be provoked by non pareil beau, but would her deceitful charade destroy her one chance for true love? Beaumaris, however, although a most artful matrimonial dodger, badly underestimated his seeming, seemingly naive adversary when compassionate Arabella rescues such unfortunate creatures as a mistreated chimney sweep and a mixed-breed mongrel she foists them upon Bomeris, who finds he rather enjoys the role of rescuer and is soon given the opportunity to prove his worth in the person of bertram talent the also impetuous young brother of arabella so mom i just liked hearing you have to pronounce all those words oh yeah (laughs) even his name i wasn't sure how to pronounce well i'm not sure i'm pronouncing it correctly but um mom what did you think of arabella uh, the book or the person? The book. Uh, I liked this book. It was definitely different than anything that we've read. Yes. Like ever. Yeah. Um, it was definitely from a different time period. It was, I have a feeling it was very true to the language of the time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. There were a lot of phrases I was like, I don't even know what that means. Well, there were a lot of phrases. Even she was like, I don't know what that yeah. means. <laughs> Yeah, that was funny. But um, it was it was a fun read, and it was um, there was yeah. a lot of description. There was a, everything yeah, was described we'll, in great detail. We'll talk about that a bit, but um, yeah, I mean this it's it's a really s- sweet book, you know, and her writing is very lively and fun, if not a bit wordy in some places. Um, and I found that I learned more about Regency England here than anywhere else, including Austin, I think, because you can tell she put a lot of thought into language and describing apparel and a lot of research. And, yeah, things like that. Um, and I actually read a thing talking about her where, you know, she was at a disadvantage that Austin and other you know, contemporaries of Austin were not at where they were writing for people of their time period. So they didn't have to describe things, but she needed to describe a time period for her readers that was not her own. So um, she did a lot of research. Um, so and yeah. she didn't have the internet. Yeah, it's true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So it was much more uh, in depth and much more of a process back then to do that. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so let's just dive in. What did you think of Arabella, the character? The character. As our I girl. really liked Arabella. I thought she was very sweet. I loved how she wanted to rescue everything. <laughs> One of my fa- the part where I LOL'd is at the end when they're, you know, coming together and, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you. And she's like, Oh, there's this girl, Leaky Peg. <laughs> and he's like, no. No. <laughs> he's like, I have She's to draw like, the line well, somewhere. We can get her out of that place. He's like, no, I'm not taking her in. Yeah. First of all, her name is Leaky Peg, which just conjures all kinds of horrible things. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, her 
desire to save things was so cute and how she kept foisting everything on him. <laughs> yeah. It was cracking and, me up. And he just took it. Um, he did. Yeah, she's she's super sweet. I spe- I liked her a lot more once we kind of starting, started getting into that aspect of her character, this kind of, you know, bleeding heart who just needs to save all these people and who, you know, tells off people that are grander and of higher status than her for not... Yeah. For not sharing her opinion on how these people should be treated, um, so I especially liked when she started, you know, standing up for herself a little bit more, um, and I do love how she kind of keeps him on his toes, um, and I think that's also kind of what he loves about her too is yeah. that I love that she kind of puts him in his place, you know, from from go, um, and that yeah she just kind of keeps him guessing and i think that's what he also likes about her too well i think he he liked her trying to pretend like she had some like these social skills yeah he could tell (laughs) underneath like when he served lemonade at dinner you know because he could tell that the wine was getting to her and um well you know she's she's trying to act like she's much more worldly than she is when he's when he's very aware that she's not. Um, I really liked her. Fa- I found her family in the beginning to be really sweet. And I kind of wished that we'd come full circle with them a bit more. That, like, we got to see, you know, some of their interactions with him. You know, we got to hear about some of it. But I, I liked her her kind of crazy little family. And Well, I was... This wasn't a series or anything, was it, about the whole no, thing? No, I don't think so, because there is a book that is called The Grand Sophie, and I, I read that one a long time ago, um, and she has her sister that was named Sophie, so I was like, oh, I wonder if that was about her, but I went back and it doesn't seem like it is. Um, but yeah, I know we're so used to meeting yeah. a big old broody family. And they all have to have their own book. What is, yeah. What's up with this, Georgette? <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I thought her parents were cute, and I loved everybody. Tra- like everybody being afraid of like the dad who is not mean in any way, but just very like I'm well, just I'm his- not mad. I'm disappointed. Yeah, you know? he has a set of rules. <laughs> but um, but everyone knew. Oh, mom will mom will calm things over. Mom will take yeah. care of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought they were cute. Um, but yeah, I I thought. I mean, she's very. Arabella is very naive, especially, you know, in the wilds of London. Um, but I, I I thought that was cute about her. And, I, you know, and he mentions this several times that he liked kind of her wide-eyed innocence in the face of kind of the more cynical jadedness of London. Well, even, you know, when he was, when he took her to Vahal, I, I don't know how you say it. I but. think you got it, but... <laughs> um, and she's watching the fireworks, and he's like, "I've seen the fireworks. I just wanted to watch her watch the fireworks." Yeah, and yeah. so that's cute. Um, so what did you think of Robert Bomaris as our hero? I thought he was great. I I often wonder how these guys get such a bad reputation when when we know them, they're all such nice guys. Yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. He, I mean, everybody talked about him being, I think he was kind of a rake and a scoundrel, you know? Well, he um, was definitely a flirt. Like, he would flirted with all these girls and mm-hmm. had no intentions of following through with any of it. 
Till he met Arabella. Do you know, their relationship reminded me a lot of Catherine Moreland and Henry Tilney in uh, Northanger Abbey, where he's kind of drawn more to how sweet and naive she is. And, you know, he's kind of more worldly. I mean, I think he's kind of more of a flirt than Henry Tilney was, but um, just that dynamic was very similar in my mind. Well, the story itself reminded me a lot of Pride and Prejudice. There were a lot of yeah. undertones of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah. Um, but I love how resigned he becomes to kind of falling in love with her. He's just like, yeah, I think you're right. I think she has me over a barrel. Like, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, he goes to his grandmother's and he's just like, oh, so do you think I'd make a good husband? And she's like, what is this nonsense? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I loved that he was just, he saw the writing on the wall that he was falling for her, and he was always just like, yep, I guess this is the direction I'm headed in. And I love how he just kept getting wrapped up in all of her charity cases. Well, and I um, love the fact that he, um, like from the get-go, knew that she was not an heiress, that this was all just, you know, and but he was just toying with her all along the way. Yeah. and. Uh, well, he even tells her at the end, he's like, I just I just found it so entertaining, you know, <laughs> watching you. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was fun. Um, so how did you find the writing here? Let's talk more in depth about that, about the writing. Um, it was a little wordy in places. Yes. Um, is that fair to say? Yes. Um, some of the description, especially in the beginning, was just like overwhelming. Um, I, I will admit, especially since we were running a bit behind this week, I will admit to a fair amount of skimming. Um, I mean, there are like eight page long paragraphs that she has in here just describing, you know, especially like when they're getting into the Bertram stuff like that gets super wordy and I'm like, okay, I get it. He, he loses a lot of money. Let's. Let's He's messing up big time. Let's power through this. Um, but what I will say is even her really wordy descriptions, she's very, like, a very lively, fun writer. Right. Um, and you've got to imagine, especially for a time when they didn't have a lot of Regency romance novels. I mean, it wasn't something that people read all the time. Yeah. And so they probably needed to describe a lot of these things that people didn't Yeah weren't used to reading about well and they didn't even have you know like period dramas like we have today what how did they survive (laughs) but you know i mean like i mean if you talk about a ball those of us who have seen pride and prejudice enough times like we get the gist of it but they had to explain you know dances and clothing and you know kind of the atmosphere the way the different rooms were set up and the difference between a musicale and an assembly and a ball and, and, you know, uh, you know, or going to, um, uh, all max, all max. I was trying to think of that. Um, you know, and all the different kinds of things that she was going to. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, they weren't used to reading about all that stuff, but we've been reading about it for a long time. Yeah. Um, so yes. So very, very wordy descriptions, but I mean, even when I would power through those descriptions, it was always enjoyable. Like her, right. and she's she's very funny. Like her writing is very funny. Um, so I always enjoyed 
that. It's just, it was sometimes an excess of information where I'm like, okay, I got, I got to hurry. Let's move forward. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and it did take me, it did take me a second to like get in the groove of it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'll, I'll say like, I wasn't, I wasn't like forcing myself until we met Robert and I was starting to get the dynamic between them is when it kind of picked up for me. Um, she writes a very funny side character, in my opinion. Did you have a favorite of the side characters? Um, let's see. They were all, like, um, I'm not going to say her name right. Lady Bridlington? Bridlington. I always wanted to call her Birdlington, but it's Bridlington. Um, I mean, you could picture her. She was, Yeah. I wrote down the description of her because I thought it was so funny this time had done more to enlarge her figure than her mind (laughs) (laughs) she just reminded me of you know a lot of the austin characters um who is it the lady in sense and sensibility where they're the cottage that they're staying in you know the lady that owns the cottage where they're staying she reminded me of that character um there were i liked bertram i liked um I liked, so I don't like the character of Mr. Scunthorpe, uh, his friend, but I did <laughs> love adult. the, like, Cockney confusion. Argument. Yes. It's like, the, like, who's on first that they had, where, <laughs> where she, he kept saying all these, like, Cockney phrases, and she's like, he shot the cat? And he's like, yeah, he shot the cat. And, you know, like, <laughs> I don't like, even, I don't even know what they're saying, but I know it's not, he's not saying that he literally shot a shot cat. Shot the cat. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just getting so confused like is he alive well, is he dead is he drowned in a river like what is going on <laughs> he ate a spider what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite side character this is gonna come as no shock to you was ulysses <laughs> yes <laughs> he was cute and he was so cute you could picture him being so loyal at, to robert i'm gonna call him robert because i don't want to say his last name yeah. and you know, it would talk about him playing with his ear and how the dog is just like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I just, yeah, I loved her descriptions of his, like, ever-dying, uh, ever-undying loyalty to Robert. And then Robert just having these conversations with with Ulysses. and yeah. Ulysses, I was so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? And then it's like, <laughs> Ulysses sneezed in response. <laughs> And yeah, they were it, just that whole dynamic between him and Ulysses was really cute and funny. And I, I mean, that was always like my favorite part of the book was when him and Ulysses were having these conversations. Well, and then how she got like the little maid who with the toothache and how she got won her over to her, yeah. like be her special little helper because she was so loving and kind to her and she wasn't used to that kind of treatment. Yeah. And Jemmy was also... Yes, funny he, and he was how he was a little <laughs> rapscallion they had a hard time figuring out what to do with <laughs> yeah bless I, his heart yeah i just i i loved i loved him getting pulled into all of her charity cases and yeah. i loved when you know he could sense that bertram was getting into some trouble and he was like I, I see another one coming. He's like, I thought these other ones were bad, but I think this one's going to be the I worst of all. she's going to get me wrapped into a worse one. <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't even mean to, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the leaky peg one cracked me up. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so is we talk a lot about conflict and things like that. Is there really much of a conflict in this book? Well, there, okay. The, there is in her mind, there's a, a huge conflict, but he's kind of already yeah. diffused it before she even knows what's going on. So, well, he knows throughout that she's lying and, and that he, she's not an heiress. Yeah. And he himself sort of feels responsible for it, especially how much it kind of blew up in their faces. But even when she's even when she's feeling the conflict, you can kind of sense that he's taking care of things behind the scenes. You know, right. we don't know exactly what he's doing yet, but I did kind of have a problem with, and I don't think it would be done in a modern day historical romance. But when she came to him and said, "Let's get married," knowing that she was just marrying him because she wanted him to pay off his, her brother's debts. And well, she wasn't just marrying him for that because she, when he proposed to her the first time, it like broke her heart that she had to say no to him, but she felt like she had to because she had been lying, lying. to him right? about, you know. And um, anyway, the whole thing was kind of, it was all okay because he knew, he knew everything already. And then when she broke down because she felt like she'd been lying to him when they were eloping. And, um, you know, she's like, I can't marry you. I can't marry you. I've been lying to you. And then she told him everything. He's like, I, I knew. I already knew. I, you know, I've already taken care of all of that. Yeah. And I did love when, um, when she's like, I don't, I'm penniless. I have no money. And he's like, well, it's good because my fortune is still very much intact. So we'll be we fine. We won't even notice that you don't have yeah. any money. <laughs> and I, I did love him like, um, I still have a lot of money. So really the only solution is for us to get married because then nobody has to even know that you weren't an heiress because right. no, one nobody will notice. Will even, no one will even notice the difference. Um, yeah, and I and I... I think for the sake of this book, I'm fine with that being the conflict, that being the extent of the, of the conflict. Right. It contributes to it being a very kind of sweet trifle of a story in some ways. Um, but yeah, I don't know that it could quite be pulled off in a modern. First of all, the fact that he cleans up everything, you know, and just takes care of everything. Um, yeah. Where would we be without our men? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, but I, I thought it was fine here, I guess. Yeah. And especially considering the time period it was written. I mean, you know, you can't expect, you know, to be yeah. actually, she was probably more outspoken and, and than women were allowed yeah, to be that's probably true. So for the time it was written, she was probably a pretty, you know, outspoken heroine. Yeah. Um, let's talk about no sex, baby. There's nothing here to talk about. However, um, that last chapter when they started, you know, confessing their love for each other. Yeah. was pretty delightful. And it's, it's definitely alluded to more than in like an Austin, which we'll talk about in our second half. But, um, yeah, I found, I found that interesting. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that later. Um, what was your swooniest moment? Oh, probably just the end when 
when he starts calling her my love and, you know, when they just start, you know, everything's out on the table and they have just cleared the air and everything was just sweet and perfect. Yeah, I think I would go with, I loved, mainly because it's like kind of the first, like, big hint that we get, Um, but when he's watching her get all worked up about this chimney sweep and she's kind of going from person to person and asking like, will you take care of him? Will you take care of him? And, and he see, you know, he kind of, he even describes like, I saw her all rosy cheeked and chest heaving and, <laughs> and yeah, but, um, and he, and then he volunteers to like take care of, you know, the chimney sweep boy and yeah. everybody's like completely shocked by it, including her and well, including him, I think. And, you know, the the implication was everyone's going to assume he's, you know, an illegitimate kid of yours. Yeah. And he's like, well, we'll worry about that yeah. later. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, I think that I would, I would go with that as my swooniest moment. Um, I had a hard time coming up with questions for this because for as wordy and lengthy as it is, there's not a whole lot plot-wise that we can talk about. And we're going to talk about it in comparison to you know, the Austin and the modern historicals in the second half, which is where I also have a lot of thoughts. Um, but yeah, any other insights into the plot that you thought of, Mom? Um, no, because I know we're going to compare it later, and I did have some comparison mm-hmm. comments, but um, I thought it was a fun read. I thought it was uh, it was interesting. It must have been very small font when the book was written because I know on my Kindle it said it was 322 pages and usually I can get through a 322 page book pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. This one was going quite slowly, so it must have been tiny well, font on the page. Well, and I think I think just that I think something wordy like that seems to not move as quick at a as a pace. Know, it seemed, at, seemed, seemed like. It was taking me longer to well, get through think, a 300-page book. Well, and think, Mom, think about how many of those pages where it was just a block of paragraph, where yeah, as opposed there was to no break. where we're used to dialogue, dialogue, di- like oh, line, line. Oh, that was line. another thing that was fascinating to me. First of all, a lot of the word usage was different, and mm-hmm. there were a lot of $5 words in this book. But a lot of exclamation points. Was that a thing back in the It, it definitely was, actually. If you, um, yeah, it was. When like you almost read, every sentence had a th- th- of dialogue had an exclamation point at the end. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think especially with that like tone of like that genre of book, um, even like in Jane Austen's time, there was a lot more exclamation. I think it was just to indicate enthusiasm, where and they were very much more heavy-handed, where we're a little bit more conservative about it. Well, it um, means you're yelling. You know, it usually means nowadays that you're yelling something or... Yeah. But, yeah, there was a lot of exclamation points in this book. Yeah. Um, so let's hear what some um, of our listeners thought. So okay. Holly said, Arabella is one of my favorite books. I just finished rereading it, and I still love it. Robert talking to Ulysses always makes me smile, and I still laugh out loud when Arabella voices the climbing boy on Robert. I know not everyone <laughs> likes older boys, but I hope most of you enjoyed it. Um yeah, I would definitely say I enjoyed it. And those are also definitely. two, I think those Our are favorite my parts, favorite yes. parts as well. Um, Karen in 
a direct contrast said Arabella is a boring boring snooze fest <laughs> I tried Georgette Hare once before and couldn't get past the first chapter this time I tried listening on audiobook and although I listened to 25% of it I couldn't tell you what happened the old-fashioned writing style just doesn't hold my attention Similar- similarly I haven't been able to get through a Jane Austen book even though I enjoy the movie adaptations but I do enjoy modern historicals they are very different beasts to tackle i will yes. i will grant you that for sure um yes even and this though is very different well we're going to talk about that later yeah like um jessica who was a huge proponent in recommending this book she said i have too many thoughts sorry i highlighted so many funny parts on my kindle i don't even know where to start in short i find hair's writing charming i think that's a great word for it i think that's the best word for it <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i loved arabella she is Kind of a bit naive, but and she can be fierce when the situation calls for it. I like Bomaris. I think he is won over by the fact that she may be impulsive, but she is not calculating or manipulative. Her tendency to take in strays is cute. Lady Bridlington cracks me up. And I think the part where Bertram and Arabella are talking about how horrible it is that their dad apologized to Arabella at the beginning is hilarious. I like the language, but I love Austen. I think Hare's books are much closer to Austen than to modern romances, but we do get to see a kiss or two in a hair, and there's more scene of the couple being together and interacting than you get in an Austen. Yeah, that's true. Oh, and then Jessica shared uh, some thoughts on the Bridgertons, which we're going to talk about in our break segment. Um, and then Aida says, I found re- I found reading the book a little hard going, especially the older style of language and the fact that the point of view changes so quickly. Yeah, that's true. That does. There is some weird change of. And because of sometimes I was skimming, I was like, wait, wait, wait what happened? When, when did we Who, shift here? here? Yeah. Um, uh, she said, <laughs> and I found the, the, the fact that the point of view changes so quickly, sometimes mid very long paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, that's very true. Uh, once I got used to that, I really liked the story. Arabella is so naive, but well-intentioned and Robert puts up with it for his own amusement until he realizes that it is so much more. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I definitely liked this as an experience and I had read um, a couple Georgia Hayer's when I was deep within the throes of my Austin obsession when I was like 12 and 13. Um, such a weirdo. (laughs) So (laughs) the fact that I think I enjoyed them more when I was 12 and 13, I find interesting. I find it interesting that as a 32, almost 32 year old now, I'm like, Oh, this is so wordy, but I was fine with it when I was 12 and 13. <laughs> what does that tell you? Um, you probably thought you were some kind of intellectual. Probably. <laughs> uh, no, definitely, actually, let's be honest. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought it was really charming is the best word for it, I think. It's, it's a very charming little book, and um, the whole love story in itself is very charming. Mom, here's a question for you that I thought about. Okay. Did the age difference bother you here? Because it's never explicitly stated how old she is, unless I missed something. Well, she's older than Bertram, and he's 18. So I'm, Is that the case? Yes. She, oh, okay. He's her younger brother, and he's 18, so I'm guessing she's around 20. Okay. Would be my guess. I, they kept talking about how she was, like, really young, and so if it, they're being authentic to the time period, I kept thinking that was, like, 16, 17. 
Well, she kept referring. She referred to him multiple times as her younger brother. Okay. Well, if somebody has thoughts on that, they should let us know. Um, at least I'm I'm thinking that's the way I read it. And then he was like 30. So we've read worse. That's true. If that is, in fact, the age difference. That's what I'm going with. Okay. It helps me sleep at night. Yeah. Um, so any other thoughts, Mom? No, not a single thought. I don't have a thought in my head. I believe it. <laughs> so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Arabella by Georgia Hare. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at Not Your Mom's Rom. Also, that's our Instagram. Or you can email us at Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you'd like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you on July 29th. We'll be discussing The Witness by Nora Roberts in our next mini episode. We are going to be recording that one early, so if you have thoughts on that book, get them into us ASAP. Uh, for now, we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll be talking about the history of the historical. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. Oh, I love that song so much. I know you do, Mom. So the romance community was all abuzz with the recent casting announcements for the Netflix Bridgerton series that is being helmed by Shonda Rhimes. Um, The news caused some of us to spiral. And if you would like to see my full spiral, head over to the (laughs) Facebook group and stock some of the posts there. But I did eventually see the light. Mom, you were always more rational than I was in the midst of all this. So how did the news hit you? The news of? The Bridgerton's casting. Like, what were your feelings on it? Um, I didn't have any problems with it. I know you were concerned about the extra characters. Yeah, it's, okay, so I want to make it clear. Because, first of all, my spiral had nothing whatsoever to do with any colorblind casting that was taking place um or even not colorblind casting that they're just casting these characters as black characters and i'm fine with that because a yes as people have pointed out there were more you know black people that affluent black people during the time in england than there were here and in europe in general so there's that but also even if we're not taking that into account, who cares? It's a fictional story. And for me, the look, I don't even care if like the look of the Bridgertons is point on point entirely. I just want them to get the characters right. I don't care about the looks. I care about the like spirit and embodiment of the characters. And of the story. And of the story, yes. I want to make sure everybody ends up with who they're supposed to end up with. (laughs) If Colin and Penelope do not end up together in the end, I will riot. But, um, But yeah, that's what I care about most. I don't care about the fact that Simon was not black in the book and he's black here. Listen, that guy is hot, hot, yeah. hot. I am on board with that. Yeah, I don't and care what color they are as long as they are pleasing to look at. Yeah, and honestly, <laughs> let's just, let's let's mix up, let's not have a period drama that is all white people. I'm fine with that. And 
I think it's going to be fun. And as mom has said several times, you know, if nothing else, we are going to get a new period Regency drama. And that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like a series, which is but, exciting. I know. Yeah, I'm really excited. And I've, I've heard some, I've seen some people say online that they've, I don't know if they've heard this or if this is just their guess, but that their each season is going to kind of be a book. And so maybe the, so like the first season, it seems like Simon and Daphne are like, they're touting them as the leads of the series. And whether or not that's going to be for the whole series or just for this first season, I, I'm hoping it's for the first season. And then in the second season, we get Benedict and Sophie, or no, uh, Anthony and Kate. Kate. And then Benedict and Sophie. And then my so we precious, have to wait four seasons to get Colin and Penelope? just little babies. Well, but they're, okay, so, okay. So here's where I was spiraling. As those of you who are on Facebook will know <laughs> already, is they release these character descriptions, and that's where I got worried because they were talking about Colin being in love with Penelope's cousin, seemingly, and all these additional side plots that have me concerned. But where I'm calming myself is <laughs> that. I think probably what they're going to do is they can't just have these characters doing nothing in the middle around and doing nothing, which, you know, admittedly is a large part of what they're doing in the books when it's not their book is they're just on the side attending balls and giving opinions, you know, on the main couple. So they have to give them some sort of storyline that they can do until they get their own HEA storyline. Right. Yeah, so I agree. I'm hoping that's what's going on. <laughs> I really am. But um, the cast, I think, is great. I think, um, and you guys, go follow <laughs> the people who are playing Colin and Penelope on Instagram and such because they are adorable, and I'm so on board wow. with the girl who's playing Penelope. And I know mom's on board with the kid playing oh. Colin. <laughs> kid playing Colin is adorable. Gosh, yeah, he is. Dang. He is very cute. Um, but yeah, so that was my spiral is that some of the character descriptions imply that there are things that are, I think my, my chief concern is that they're going to make the Bridgertons more tawdry than, than they that makes are. I worry about it being too soap opera-y. Which is a Shonda Rhimes show. So I know. I'm not and that's what concerns completely me. unfounded. Um, and, you know, they keep... And, like, any any press release for this show has been, like, the sex and scandals of the Bridgertons. I'm like, but but no, that's not... Like, I mean, they, they had some of that, but also no, <laughs> you know? Well, it's... Obviously implied that these guys are yeah. not virgins when they get married. In the books or in the series or both? Well, in the books, they yeah. all knew what they were doing. Yeah. Yeah. The girls didn't, but the guys all did. I yeah. mean, that's just always a given in these mm -hmm. books. Um, but I hope that they don't delve too much into that. It will make me sad. 
yeah we'll we'll see i guess yeah we will um but um eloisa is like perfect casting i think the girl who plays penelope is fantastic um i'm interested because it's they have this minerva who is um penelope's cousin now, in those series, Minerva was Philip, who ends up with Eloisa's uh, ex-previous wife. Oh, yeah. But she was related. No, she was related to the Bridgertons. She was released and related to the Bridgertons. But I'm wondering if Eloisa becomes friends with her since she's cousins to Penelope. And that's why she writes to... I mean, I don't know for sure that that's how that's all going to work out, but... But also, Minerva is kind of who the character descriptions for the series seem to imply Colin has, like, a thing for. Hmm. So, it's going to be interesting. We'll have to just keep open minds until it comes about. I know. The thing... Okay, and here's the other thing where I come down on this, is that if nothing else... I mean, we know that the the book readers are going, and I'm sure the people making the show know this as well, that we are going to be the harshest critics on this show. But you guys, I think it's going to be awesome that there are going to be people who watch the show just because it's a Shonda Rhimes show and, and it's a new Netflix show and they're going to see, Oh, it's based on books. Maybe I should check out these books. And so it's going to bring so much more attention to like romance novels and Julia Quinn as an author, and it's gonna be it's gonna be great. And I'm excited for, you know, and I'm excited for people to start looking at romance as a viable source material for books and movies. Movies. Amen, so, sister. Preach. Yes, thank you. And also, you guys, I just You're have welcome. to. I not you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to say. Um, I saw this casting news getting very toxic in other forums, and I really appreciate nobody taking it to that place on our Facebook group or any of the social media posts, but mostly the Facebook group, because that's where we were talking about it in depth. And I love you guys for it, and I really appreciated that, like, we didn't have to do any admin cleanup on on that front, because... I just just love you guys and I really appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, I think we all agree on that front that it's like why? Why does why does that matter? Why? Right. But it was getting it was getting nasty in some places where I was reading and I'm like glad it ain't my group. That's all I'll yeah. say. Um mom, any other thoughts? I've been talking a lot about the Bridgertons. You have, Ellen. You obviously have strong feels. I do. Um. <laughs> this was not already clear. No, I'm excited about it. I think this can only do good for the, unless it's, you know, but it's Shonda Rhimes. It's, it's going to be good. It's going to be quality-wise at least good. Whether or, right. not, whether or not we think it's perfectly in line with what we know of the series, you know, that's TBD. But I think it, like, it'll be quality-wise a good show, I believe. Right. So it's just something to look forward to and just go at it with an open mind. Yeah. 
Um, Jessica, she sent in a little note about Bridgerton. She says, I love the casting. Nicola, who plays Penelope, and Luke, who plays Colin, are delightful on Insta, and I'm having a blast seeing the little tidbits the cast is sharing. I thought... Uh, Sienna and Marina were new characters, which scared me, but realized I had just forgotten about those characters and they tweaked them a bit. So I'm thrilled. Yeah. Marina is the cousin. And then Sienna, who is like this Italian opera singer, they refer to, I think it's Anthony. Anthony had, had a thing with like her. Like a tryst with an opera singer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that they're taking these little things that are referred to and making it more of a plot, which makes sense, because like I said, they can't just have these people doing nothing while we're waiting for their, you know, story to come along. Because if you, I mean, I was always curious as to how this was going to work out timeline-wise, because, you know, especially like Colin Penelope don't take place for like a long time after. There's a big gap yeah, time-wise between yeah. uh, Benedict's book and, and Colin's. Yeah. So... It'll be interesting, and I'm It'll I'm excited, be. you guys. Um, so that should do it for our break segment. Um, if you have thoughts, I mean, you guys, if nothing else, I am so excited that, you know, all of us will be able to watch together and always just have, like, a little forum and chat afterwards, and it's going to be so much fun, and I'm excited. Will be. I mean, well, actually, we'll get, like, whole seasons at once, which is going to be... Oh. <gasps> So excited. Mom, you should just plan on coming and visiting me when those <laughs> when it dropped. comes out. I should say we watched together because your dad will never appreciate it the way you would. It's Ellen. true. It's true. All right. So we're excited. We hope you guys are too. Come hang out in the group if you want to chat about it because there's a lot of that taking place. So, all right. We'll see you guys next time. Welcome back. Since we were reading a Georgia Hare this week, it seemed appropriate to talk about her era of historicals in comparison to our modern historicals and all of that in comparison to the grand dame herself, Jane Austen. So, (laughs) Mom, what did you see as maybe being some of the big differences or the big similarities between all three or, you know, one to the other? Well, one of the differences with Jane Austen is when she was writing, she was a contemporary novelist. So she, you know, didn't have to describe what the balls were like and what the dances were like and all that because she was writing for people who were, you know, alive at that time. It's like describing texting nowadays. Yeah. You don't have to describe it. Yeah. We all know what it is. Yeah. And um, so she didn't have to go into that. Georgia Hare had to describe all those things to an audience who were not familiar with all of that history. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like I said before, and, you know, she was like one of the only people writing historical romance at the time. And so even today we have so many historical romances that things don't need to be described as much. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and most of ours are written in a series so, you know, I mean, I can't think of very many historical romances that aren't at least part of a series. Yeah, so most people that pick them up are reading with some knowledge, at least of reading a historical romance before. Right. And um, so, you know, there's that difference. And then there's the chasteness of Jane yeah. Austen. I was going to say, you can definitely see, like, 
in comparing an Austin to a hair to a modern, you can definitely see this shift in attitudes towards sex, right? Because <laughs> what I find interesting is that just based on this book alone, in Arabella, he's described as kind of, I mean, he's kind of like a rake, right? He's kind of our, our modern day rakes that we get in historicals, where in an Austin, a hero was never a rake. Right. A rake was a Wickham or a Willoughby or, you know, something like that. Um, the anti-hero. Yeah, correct. Um, but this is, you know, in Arabella, you kind of get this guy who's a flirt and they kind of refer to him as leading these women on and maybe having paramours and things like that. Um, they didn't actually say that, but it was but alluded it's, to. It's implied, right? And then in our modern days, most of our heroes are rakes and yeah. and scoundrels. And I find that interesting, that, that kind of shift in... Well, and there's definitely a difference in the, the sexual content in these books. I mean, well, obviously. Especially comparing our moderns, right, to anything previous. Anything previous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even, like, if you take into consideration, like, our old school romances, there's the shift, you know, our old school, like, flowers in the, in the storm and, you know, our more old school historical romances in comparison to our moderns. Like you see the shift even there. But I found, I found that that shift in hero to be, um, to be interesting. And I wonder what that says about us that our heroes now are so much more sexually. um, Well, I think we're more accepting of a sexual history. Yeah. I mean, it's literally implied in it. It's very, in fact, we make jokes about how it's, there's rarely a virgin male in our books. Yeah. I mean, we have virgin females in almost all of them, but in... Especially historicals. Historicals, yes. But a virgin male is a rarity in a historical. Well, and just, just the fact that... Our, our heroes and heroines are being talked about in that regard as virgins or non-virgins. Whereas, like, it's it's in a hair, it's implied, you know, that he's had experience and she's obviously a virgin. And then in an Austin, it's like, you don't even, like, no, we, we don't no, even talk don't about that. We don't discuss that. Because, you know, we can... We can assume just based on the time that, like, Darcy probably, what, like, did have a sexual history, but, like, no, 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 no. We do not talk about that. You know, I don't like to even think about that, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. I mean, and same for all those guys like Bingley and all of them, yeah. except maybe some of the churchy ones. But you're, you're muddying my, my heroes. Um, and then the language, you know, is obviously a big one. We definitely tamper down some of the heavy slang that cockney slang and Mm -hmm. um and just some of the heavy these thous and things like that did you notice in this hair it was interesting they had and i'm sure it's authentic but there was a couple sentences where she like kind of talked like yoda (laughs) yes and um like things were spelled weird we will be or things like that and i'm like that's weird. <laughs> or things were spelled weird. And not not even weird like in a British versus, but like in an old school way that I 
hadn't seen them spelled before. Yeah. Um, and then, obviously, I think thematically, you see, um, well, and you also see um, kind of some of the realities of life in Regency England being called out more as we get into more modern, like, definitely in this one, you know, because it was never called into attention in in many of the Austins. I mean, she kind of, she calls into question, like, things like slavery and things like that in Mansfield Park. Um, and there's things that are sometimes touched upon, but, you know, it's really addressed here in Arabella, and then, obviously, it's heavily addressed in a lot of our modern historicals. Modern. Um, Definitely. And then for the heroines, I think, you know, Jane Austen's heroines were always very plucky and, you know, outspoken and vivacious and things like that, but... I, I think even then, I, but she kind of set the gold standard, right? And then I think Hayer and then Moderns have kind of taken it and run with it. Almost right. kind of sometimes to the point of inauthenticity, which we've talked about before. Right. But, um, but yeah, just that you have these women getting fired up about things that I don't think they actually did, maybe. <laughs> Right. Unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but yeah, any anything else, Mom, that you picked up on? Um, no, I think that's it. I think that, um, I think tonally, I don't know, this book, that the Georgette hair had a sweet tone to it, but a, um, a Jane Austen, you know, usually had a very... It was a very sweet tone to it, but it almost a lyrical tone to it. Well, that's that's true. And then also, I think I think Hare's lacks because the thing is, is Austin was very well known for having kind of this biting commentary on the society that she was living on in, and yeah. where I don't think Hare has as much of that, but it's because she has less to say about the things going on around her, right? And it's. And it's not like, see, whereas Hare, I think, is calling out more specific, like, they treated people poorly. Like I think, social injustices. Yeah. I think Austin more called out the way women you, people were treated. Are, yeah. The way women are treated, the way people are ridiculous and, you know, are ridiculous about society and, you know, social standings and things like that. She called out that more because that's you know, what she was seeing on in her everyday... What she was dealing with in her day everyday life. life. Yeah. yeah. And I think with our moderns, you see all of that get called out because hindsight, and we can call it all out, you know? Right. Um, and and I think in moderns, we, we pay attention especially to the things that we're still dealing with today, you know, and especially like to call that stuff out. If that right. makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I found it to be interesting, and I knew we were talking about this, and so I was finding it, some of these little things that I was noticing throughout to be, it was an interesting kind of little study. I agree. It was, it's been a while since I've read Jane Austen, and, you know, in a perfect world, I would have read one this week to kind of refresh myself, but I didn't. Um, 
but uh, I enjoyed I enjoy reading Jane Austen. I enjoyed reading our book today, mm-hmm. and I enjoy you know the the moderns. The um, but there's definitely a difference in tone and in uh, I think plot wise though the stories stand up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, I it's it's been some time now since I've read a Jane Austen, but I'm also very, 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 very familiar with you some are. of them. Um, I've I've read I've read Persuasion. I think it's like I think I'm up to like 15 times now. Oh I've read gosh. Pride and Prejudice. I think like 13, and then I've read Northanger Abbey um, several times and. Um, yeah, I adapted, I, I, I did a like modern day adaptation of Northanger Abbey for a web series that some friends of mine produced. And, um, so I really had to study that one. And that is also an interesting thing to do is to take a Jane Austen and figure out how to kind of adapt that to modern Modern times. Um, and you know, because they were dealing with some different things than us but also some of the same just in a different way um so that was also that was an interesting thing for me especially that one in particular um but anyway so those three especially I'm I'm very familiar with um so while it's been a while since I've read in Austin I I feel like I'm pretty well versed (laughs) Yes, um, you are. More verse than me, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, so thanks so much for joining us. Again, if you would like to join us for The Witness by Nora Roberts in one week on July 29th, you, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at NotYourMomsRom, or on Facebook or Goodreads, or email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love reading them. I've never read a Nora Roberts. And a lot of times when I tell people I read historic romance, uh, romance they're all like, oh, you must read Nora Roberts. And I'm like, um, yeah, no, I haven't. So now so I will fun. have that in my repertoire. I don't. Oh, I've read some J.D. Robb, which is her like suspense pen name. Right. I've never um, read but I don't know that I've ever read a, a straight Nora Roberts. So this will be, it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, so join us for that, and we will see you next time. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye.